The first reading is from Matthew 18, verses 10 to 14, and you can find that in the large print Bibles on page 1530, and in the chair Bibles, it's page 686. The Parable of the Wandering Sheep. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that is wandered off? That if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading... Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6, is on page 859 in the large print Bible and 383 in the fine print. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the Old Testament. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Happy Mother's Day, Grandmother's Day, Great Grandmother's Day, Aunt's Day, um, Stepmother's Day, whatever else, so that I do not exclude anybody. You know, we live in the age of inclusion, so I must make sure that I've included everybody. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray as we look at a very interesting passage this morning that you'll help us to understand it and as a church to actually put it into practice. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This sermon this morning is only for people who are not vertically challenged. I'm not allowed to stay um, short or tall anymore. Um, So if you're vertically challenged, you don't have to listen to this sermon. You can if you want to. But you don't have to listen because that's what Jesus says to us. If you look with me in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10, it says this, 
See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Why do I say that it's only a sermon for tall people? Because it says, see that you do not despise. The word actually means to look down on. So, you know, those of us who have trouble, um, you know, like this usually, if you're one that can do that, you listen, but otherwise if you're a person that looks up, you don't have to listen. (laughs) What is Jesus talking about? He speaks to the church here. For if you look at the beginning of the chapter, it says at that time the Jesus... At that time, the the disciples came to Jesus and asked. In other words, his followers, and so that's us. This is a sermon for we as a congregation. And what is he talking about? What he's concerned about is that none of us fall away. That's what he's on about. You see, if you look at verse 6, it says this, if anyone... If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, so that's all of us, to stumble or to fall away. So he speaks to the church in this parable about making sure that we all get to heaven. Often I've heard sermons on this passage and it's all been evangelistic. It's been, you know, that God so loves everybody that he wants everybody to be saved and look how keen he is for it because there are 99, there are 100 sheep and, he, and one wanders away so God comes in search of them. Now that's all true but it doesn't come from this passage. This passage is about making sure that we all stay within the kingdom of God, that we don't fall away. And I have sort of given you a sermon outline and what I want to do this morning is to draw your attention to things that might lead people to fall away from following the Lord Jesus. First of all, we are told that we need to be careful how we exercise our Christian liberty. Now let me explain by what I mean from the New Testament. In the times just after Jesus had gone back to heaven and Paul was preaching, Gentiles were converted. But before they'd been converted, they would have, may have gone to pagan feasts where food would have been offered to idols as a sacrifice so that they could go on the good side of the of the God or the idol. When they've become Christian, they've decided that they would not eat the food that had been offered to idols. So if they went to another Christian's house and there was meat put out, they might have said, where did you buy this? Has it been offered to idols? Yes. Oh, well, I won't eat it. Now, a bit rude in a way, isn't it? You know, just imagine if I invited you to dinner and I cooked a leg of lamb and you came and said, don't like lamb. Bit rude. 
I'd have to go up the road and buy you a hamburger. Um, But that's the way it was, you see, that there were people whose conscience was so stricken that they didn't want to eat food offered to idols. And Paul says, if that is the case, then make sure that you don't buy food that has been offered to idols. Now, what does it have to do with us today? Well, some people are particular, for example, about Sunday. As when I grew up, the shops weren't open on Sunday. You weren't allowed to do all sorts of things on Sunday. I wasn't allowed to play cricket in the street on Sunday. We lived in a dead-end street. We always played cricket in the dead-end street. No, my mother wouldn't let us play cricket on Sunday in the street. So, and there are people I've known who won't do various things on Sunday. Now, I don't hold to their view of what you can and can't do on Sunday. I believe that we rest in Jesus and every day is the same in Jesus. But... If there are people who are concerned about it, I must make sure that I don't offend their Christian conscience. Some people will drink alcohol and others won't. We need to be careful of one another so that we don't actually fall away. That's how serious it can be. So that is the first thing that we need to be careful of. The second thing is that we must be careful as to not play favourites. James writes these words in chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favouritism. Suppose a man comes into a meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, stand over there or sit on the floor, you have discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. It's easy to discriminate, isn't it? We all have our favourites. We might have a favourite film star, a a favourite musician. It's easy to do. But when it comes to being Christian, we need to be actually careful. We can actually choose things that have actually nothing to do with our Christian faith and be standoffish. What school did you go to? What university did you go to? Things like that. Oh, he doesn't dress all that well. I won't talk to him. We need to be careful. Thirdly, we need to help those who need help. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17 says... If anyone has material possessions and sees their brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in them? Sometimes we can't help. We don't have 
the financial resources. We don't have the emotional wherewithal or the psychological wherewithal. But there are times when we actually do see a need and don't do anything. We walk by. We need to be careful. We need to care for one another within our congregation. The work in regards to Zambia shows that you are a caring congregation and I encourage you, keep doing it. The fourth thing is this, and this is actually really hard because the Bible says to us there are people who actually do trip up in regards to their Christian faith. They do not do the right thing. In Galatians chapter 6 and verses 1 to 3, we read these words. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Sometimes we see people doing the wrong thing. And our attitude can be, it's none of my business. Or... I can't do anything or I don't want to break the relationship or we don't know what to say. But what are we told here in the scriptures? We are responsible for other people. It might be an inappropriate relationship. Someone you you know may be committing adultery. They may be becoming a port addict. They may be being dishonest at work. And we have a responsibility not to gloss over their sin. Sometimes we won't take the risk. We don't want to hurt them. But you see, their eternal salvation may be at peril. And if you see a Christian brother or sister going the wrong way, either you've got to speak up or you've got to get someone else to help them. It's tough, I know. Sometimes people won't have anything to do with us afterwards. I raised an issue of racial abuse with a person once, never spoke to me again. They had been vindictive and abusive in a racial manner, never spoke to me again. But we need to speak up. You see, there were the 99. They were kept safe and the one had wandered away. We need to look for that one. The next one actually doesn't apply to this congregation or I don't think it applies to this congregation. It's one where Timothy is being sent by Paul 
to a congregation and Paul writes these words. If Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord. No one should refuse to accept him. Now, Timothy was young and he had to come and tell the Corinthians some hard things. Now, I don't see that as a problem in this congregation because, you know, I have found in my ministry among you that if I tell you what the Word of God says, you actually listen. But sometimes we don't want to. But it's a good warning for us, isn't it? And sometimes out of the mouth of babes comes truth. And we need to listen to what people have to say. So we are called upon them in regards to those things to look out for each other. The last one is not to take advantage of another person. Paul writes about that in Thessalonians and we can so easily do it, can't we? We have more knowledge about something so we trick somebody into doing something or we get an advantage over it for some, in some way or another. See, we must not despise or look down on or put, cast aside some other congregational member. It's easy to do for various reasons, whether it be education, race, whatever. But we are called upon not to do it and we are called upon to look out in case others are going astray. And what are the two reasons for it? Well, the first one is a strange thing. It's one of the strangest parts of the Bible that I've read and I actually don't fully understand why it's there. But it says to us in verse 10, when Jesus is giving this warning not to cause others to stumble or have them fall away. For I tell you that that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What a peculiar verse. Whatever is he on about? I think, and I don't fully know, I quite willingly declare my agnosticism. I think what Jesus is saying is that there are angels in heaven who actually care for each one of us and prompt God the Father in regards to our needs. I think that's what he's saying. I'm not sure. If you've got a better idea, I'm more than happy to listen to it. But I think what he's getting at is this is so important. This is so important that I am telling you that in the heavenly realms there is work going on for those who live here on earth. That if God has angels prompting him in regards to the Christians on earth. 
then you too need to be involved. And the last point, point is that God does not want anyone to be lost. Verse 14, in the same way your Father in heaven is not willing that any, any of these little ones should perish. Now the little ones are, are us who have come to a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, he doesn't want any of us to, for whatever reason, stop coming to church, stop believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to persevere. And all sorts of things come upon us in various times, don't they? We might have financial difficulties and give up. We might have health issues. There might be marriage breakdowns. And when people go through tough times, we tend to run away from people. One lady who lost her husband said to me, David, I have caught this disease called death. In other words... Her friends had deserted her because they didn't know what to say to her when her husband died. She said people actually would cross the road so they didn't have to talk to me. Now we tend to do that sort of thing, don't we? But we need to help one another. We are all failures in some way or another. We all have our weaknesses And we need to actually uphold one another and strengthen and encourage one another. Whatever we are going through. And they actually, the Christian might be the cause of the problem. They might cause the breakdown in the marriage. They might have stolen something. But we don't dissociate ourselves from us. Rather their soul is at stake. And that's what Jesus says to us. He leaves the 99 secure and goes after the one. Just imagine you went to the Royal Easter show and you took four children. You have four children, you poor soul. But you've got four children and one gets lost. Do you say, oh, I've got three others, don't worry about it? (laughs) Or, gee, I wished it was that one. (laughs) No, you don't. You go looking. My eldest disappeared one day when he was two. How he got out of the house, I have no idea. But he did. And I couldn't find him in the house anywhere and I ran down the street looking for him, calling out and I found him near Eastern Valley Way. Could you imagine if he'd have got onto Eastern Valley Way? But that's what it's to be like. As I rushed after him, praying like mad. And that's what we're to do. We have a responsibility to care for one another, for our spiritual souls. I'll pray.
Heavenly Father, give us grace so that we might live in a way where we accept one another. Help us to protect each other from sin so that none of us fall away and that we all persevere to the end and receive eternal life. Amen. Thank you.